Welcome to the final episode of Why Aren't We All? I'm your host, Aislinn Addington, and I like to have short conversations with people who have a belief or practice that they feel makes their world a better place and has the potential to make the world a better place for the rest of us as well. Why Aren't We All is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. I want to say one more giant thank you to Cage Club, to Joey in particular for letting me have this show and, you know, supporting our our short conversations for this last seven months. On today's show, the bonus episode, the curtain call episode, the encore, we have the amazing Natalie Donovan. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Aislinn. How are you today? I'm very good. How are you? Excellent. So, Natalie, you all might remember, we talked about briefly on the second episode of Why Are We All, the bridge episode, when I talked to her husband, Brian. Indeed. I think it was clear in that episode that I am not a bridge person, although I did enjoy hearing you both talk about it. It made me realize what a good partner I am to support that. Yay. You are a fantastic partner to support that. I think that's really where where we should start here is how great Natalie is. We should start and in the middle and end that way, actually. Yeah, as, as always. Um, so yes, Natalie, you're great. And I uh, invited you here today because really no set of wisdoms or guidelines would be complete without input from Natalie. Natalie is an expert on so many things. So many things. And has an opinion on so many more things. Almost everything. Almost everything. So I asked Natalie for our final bonus super special episode to come up with a few a few life lessons, a few radical truths of her own. Amen. And so this episode really is, is why aren't we all listening to Natalie? That is the question. It really, it truly is. And having been friends with you for as long as I have, I, I feel like we've been doing this podcast for our entire friendship because you have shared with me so many <laughs> wisdoms and guidelines for how to live. But let's share a few of your favorites with the people. So um, I asked you to come up with with a short list. What would you like to talk about first? Well, I think in my list, I had about 10 things. And some of them Mm -hmm. were really specific to me and my life that probably the world at large is not going to be bettered on whole, liking and commenting photos of my adorable cats. But really thinking more globally, looking at pictures of animals on the internet is really one of the things that I think can bring us the most joy in this time when getting on the internet's kind of a train wreck. And if we all just looked at pictures of otters holding hands, we would all be happier. It would get our day starting. In fact, I've been watching the brown bear cam at the national park and watching the bears catch the fish. I can watch that for hours. And it just makes me feel so much better about the world to know that those bears are up there killing it with the salmon. So maybe looking (laughs) at pictures of my seven cats would make the world a better place because I have got the seven cutest cats in the whole stinking world. You have seven cats. That is true. And they are, a lot of them, sort of special needs cats that have come from abusive backgrounds. And we've rescued some great little uh, stinkers. And so, yeah, pets, looking (laughs) at pets, petting pets, loving animals in general. I think these are all good things to, to think 
make the world better. I, I do too. In fact, I have a cute animal video of the day, um, 10 minutes built into my workday. Oh, that's brilliant. Because I just, I, I have found that I, I need that sometimes. I need a little bit of an escape and a little bit of, of joy and sweetness. And so I, I concur with that suggestion, Natalie. Honestly, if I'm feeling down, a little monkey riding on a saddle on the back of a big dog is pretty curative as far as I'm concerned. That, that's a great one. Yeah, I think I think you've got the audience on board, Natalie. Um, <laughs> I, I did just want to say for the record, when I suggested that topic, you said, sure, having ugly cats is a great topic. And I just want to point <laughs> out my cats straddle the line between so cute yeah. they hurt to look at and, oh, my gosh, put a bag over them. It takes a special, special eye to appreciate my cats, but I think that they're amazing. Yeah. So thank you for letting me clarify. And I think if you take a picture of any of them individually, one might say, dear God, what happened to that cat? But when you see them all together as a, what is a, what is a pack of cats called? Is it a, a, a pride? A, a, a clouder, a clouder. A clouder yes. of cats. Once you see the entire clouder, then like you, you get it. And I think it, it does become pretty, pretty endearing, but it is a very specific aesthetic the uh the donovan the donovan cats so i that's a great one animals let's let's all reward ourselves with animals yes and even if you don't want them in your own house just looking at cute pictures is good okay my next one and i'm very i'm very firm on this and i honestly believe as i am on most of my opinions yes I'm very firm on this, and it's something that I try to do regularly because I love myself. I love my body. I love how I look. I love how I feel. I've been blessed with a pretty healthy constitution. I honestly believe that when you go out to eat, you should order dessert. But I believe you should order dessert as your appetizer. I have always believed this, and I think there's a lot of practical reasoning for this. Okay, share with us some of the practical reasoning. You go out, and you're going to have a lovely meal. You've got this great, beautiful meal to look forward to. What is better than knowing you can have those leftovers the next day? Mm. So if you start out with the dessert, which doesn't usually travel well, meals can go home. They can pack them up. You can have them the next day. Desserts, it's not going to be a little sloppy to take home get the dessert first and then you know you have room for dessert you're not like pushing yourself at the end of the meal and feeling uncomfortable like oh I really wish I could have that lava cake but I ate all my food and have the dessert first this is where I get a little eccentric I often also have dessert for dessert because I I'm a big fan of dessert (laughs) much more than generalized food desserts my jam sure so So when I go to a restaurant, my first thing is I will have a glass of water. Bring me your dessert menu, please, because I need to figure out how I'm going to be planning this. I can have salad any day of the week. I can make my own soup and I can take food home. But dessert is key. And I think if you're going to the trouble of eating out, you should have dessert first. I'm pretty firm on that. I think that's great. It's not where I thought you were going, which which leads to a question. You started with talking about your positive self-concept, which is true and is amazing, and you are amazing. I have witnessed you doing positive self-talk. Yes. 
into the mirror. Yes. In the morning. That is true. <laughs> but um, so I don't know if this was on your list, but I think it's worth sharing. Would you do you, would you mind telling us a little bit about how positive self-talk is helpful to you? I love positive self-talk because I, like most people, can get a little down on myself and I'm not immune to society putting all their junk on me. But I do like to stand in front of the mirror when I'm getting ready in the morning and give myself some massive props for being the awesome and gorgeous human being that I am. And I haven't always loved my hair, but it is the hair that I own and I I do love it. I sometimes have struggled with, I should be different body, blah, 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 blah. But the truth is my body is great and it does exactly what I need it to do. Even when I was very ill and had a health you know, crisis, my body was still supporting me. And I like to give thanks when I wake up in the morning for my body getting me out of bed and being the support that I need. It is the shell that I live in. And I really think that you have to appreciate your shell because it's just this transitory thing, but it is the skin you're in. Ah, that's lovely. So what what do you think might happen if more people appreciated themselves, their bodies, gave themselves that that positive affirmation to start the day. What, what do you think might change if more of us did that? Honestly, I think it would change everything because people have constant tapes in their head of all of the things they'd love to change about themselves. And the world is just colliding on us to make us feel negative about who we actually are. If we all stood in front of the mirror every day and as cheesy as it sounds, that I love you, I appreciate you, you are perfect the way you are, you're capable of growth, your brain is rocking, you look great, your eyebrows are killing it, whatever it is that you need to hear. You know, I I think that if everybody could just be more gentle and kind with themselves and, and replace some of that negative stuff that everything wants to put on us of what we quote should be and just loved ourselves for who we are, we could walk through this world with so much less sadness and anger and frustration. And I I think it would just really change. I don't mean you can think yourself out of a serious depression. I just think that when you start the day by appreciating who you are, it really does reflect out to the world. And that comes back to you. That's wonderful. I I often say to people, what would it be like if you treated yourself the way you treated the person you love the most in the world? Yes, exactly. That is a beautiful way of putting that eyes on. My gosh, you are so wise. You must have had a brilliant mentor. <laughs> I, did, I did all through grad school. I had Natalie Donovan, life advisor. Oh, so good. I, I mean, when I say I say it to other people, I it's always, for me, it's always easier to say those things to other people than it is to myself. Yes. I haven't mastered it yet, but that's part of why we're having this conversation so that I can reabsorb some of the, um, the Natalie truisms. And you know, you know, that fake it till you make it, it always sounds so weird because to me, that sounds so disingenuous, but you honestly have to tell yourself these things to believe it. And I don't know that thinking it, just thinking positive thoughts about yourself does enough to override negative self-talk. I honestly believe 
saying it out loud, saying something kind about yourself. I'm a good person. I make a difference in the world. I'm a good cat mother. Whatever it is, I really think that saying it out loud and looking yourself in the eye and knowing that you're meaning it, Mm -hmm. getting yourself in the habit of being kind to yourself and other people around you are going to feel better about themselves when you can start moving toward a more positive self-presentation. I love it. That sounds great. Now, so far, Natalie, I've been on board for most of this. Do you have any real hot takes for us where we might? I do. I, re- I really, really do. Okay. I'm ready okay. for it. <laughs> so this is one that I have to say requires enthusiastic consent. And I'm putting this out there, Iceland, because I know you've been at the grocery store with me. <laughs> I know where we're going. Social settings with me where you have witnessed this exchange. And I just want to make it clear that what I'm advocating here is is not something that's forced upon anyone. It's something that is given and received in a spirit of understanding. So I believe that the most amazing the most positive and affectionate and loving and caring thing that you can do with another human is hugging. And boy, do I believe in hugging. I believe in hugging everybody. I am like one of those little monkeys that just wants to hug everybody. I want to hug grocery store clerks. I want to hug the little old ladies I work with. I yes. want to hug strangers that seem like they're having a bad TSA day. TSA agents? Indeed, because they, they have a crappy job and they need hugs. That's a hard job. I, wa- I want to hug waitresses. I want to hug teachers. I just, I just when I meet someone, I'm assessing, <laughs> is this a huggy person? And am I going to appropriately be able to ask for a hug or ask if I can give them a hug? Mm-hmm. Is this and I, honestly, I don't know if this is coming through. I'm pretty empathetic. I think I think I'm empathic in a way that I I rarely feel like ooh I have broached a person who doesn't want a hug. So you might mm. remember a few years ago I put a sign up on our main street here in town that said free hugs. I made a big sign. And I sat out for several hours giving hugs to people and people were coming by and some of them thought I was a little kooky and like, oh, what do you, what do you want? What is this about? And what am I, like some people actually thought it was creepy. Those people were not in my hug orbit. (laughs) I, I was not there to foist my hugs on anyone who didn't want them, but the people who wanted them, I had such a heart to heart connection with. And I feel like when you're hugging, even if it is a Christian side hug, I feel like when you are having (laughs) that tactile connection with someone, P.S. My favorite are heart to heart hugs where my bosom is smooshed into another bosom. I feel like those are, those are the best. Absolutely. But but, you know, any any kind of hug is great for me, it, unless it's a creepy hug. I have been on the receiving end of some creepy hugs sure. in my life, which has taught me consent really needs to go all directions. Yeah, absolutely. And and having been a witness to your uh, philosophy in practice, um, I think I can, I can say with at least anecdotal accuracy that the folks that know you and are <laughs> in your hug orbit are as enthusiastic yes. 
as you are about your hugs. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that butcher from the grocery store wants to hug everyone. And in fact, I don't think they do, but they were excited to have a Natalie hug. So really, we should all be so lucky. But let's talk through how do you how do you assess that? enthusiastic consent for your your hugging so i find that people who like to eye gaze also tend there's like a venn diagram of hugging and people who will make eye contact i am an open my arms person i I am natalie wide armed i am ready to go and i try (laughs) to make an embracing energy kind of hug before i actually make any physical and i will say can i hug Would you like a hug? Sure. Um, But when you open your arms Mm -hmm. and someone else opens their arms, you're in. You're in in the hug zone. And I am a hug, squeeze, maybe rubbing hands up and down the back. Again, this sounds like I'm some creepy frat boy. I'm not. I'm not (laughs) trying to give a massage. I just want people to know (laughs) that my little ET heart light will shine on their little ET heart light. And... That hugging is the medium on which we can quickly send all this good energy out to the world. Because when you see people hugging, it always kind of makes you feel nice. Like, oh, oh, look at those people. Mm-hmm. They like each other. You know, when you see two people running toward each other and they haven't seen each other yeah. and they hug. It just It's a warm, wonderful feeling. And I think that hugging is a great source of that. And I know there's a lot of people who don't like that kind of physical affection. I have a lot of respect for that. I am a, I'm a handshaker. I'm a fist bumper. I will high five. I do like to have a physical connection with people that is approved by them. Yeah. It's, it's nice to meet people where they are. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable, but I'm telling you, if you saw me, you saw my bosom, you saw my arms open, you would go, oh, I should hug that lady. Yeah. So a question for you then, as I am, um, and, and I'm open to your interpretation, I'm a bit more discerning <laughs> with my physical touch. That is true. Yes. Than you are. Yes. Right? I love to hug you. I love to have that connection with you. We like to sit close enough to be touching, cuddling a little bit while we watch TV. Oh, like, yeah. And if I could be holding your hand at the same time, I would just be squeeing. Yes. That's all exciting. We ha- We have, and I have that with you. My problem right now with people <laughs> in general, yes. one of them, is the someone coming at me with some velocity, mm-hmm. arms outstretched, saying, I'm a hugger, as if that is the only option. And I have not yet found a way to delightfully decline that kind of energy. And so I'm wondering, you as a, as a hug aficionado, how does someone like me, who's a little more reserved... How do I decline the I'm a hugger coming in for one? Do you, do you have your hands free or do you have something in your hands? Because I'm seeing, I'm seeing several options here. Hands free, you go for a double high five. And, and, you, <laughs> okay. Say, okay. and you say, I'm a fancy handshaker. Woo! And then, and then yeah. you just go back to your business. Take a step back. Okay. Um, I yeah, like that. that. I like that. That. Is, that is if your hands are free. Now, if someone comes up and they're trying to hug you and you've got stuff in your arms, my arms are full and I'm really not much of a hugger. I was carrying a yeah, watermelon. I've, I've got a, this watermelon. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not much of a hugger. Thanks. But I'm really glad to see you. You can verbally disarm huggers. We're not, we're not ogres. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, I would okay. say there's probably people of different age demographics that would be hurt yes. by these kind of things, but I don't, I, but as you I don't believe me, in that kind of nonsense. Exactly. No. You don't, you don't let the, no. um, you don't let the boomers get away no. with the bullshit. No. no, everybody has to be respectful at this party. And, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think you should ever feel obliged. I think, you know, a nice little tap on the shoulder, like, hey, buddy, just just make it a little game. How mm-hmm. can I disarm this situation? Fancy high five. Woo. Um, But sometimes I think it. Why not milk the awkward? <laughs> I love milking the awkward. <laughs> it's kind of how I feel that. Because if yeah. I'm already uncomfortable, then I'm just going to sit here and make you sit. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I I mean, I guess you could go like real hippy dippy and say, you know, I'm more of an energy hug person. How about we both just send energy yes. to each other that way? Woo, I'm feeling it. So lots of options. I like that you're giving oh, me yeah. different I takes mean, on this. I mean, because there's billions of people. We're all going to hug different. We're all going to receive it differently. Just just never force it on anyone. I'm especially firm on little kids not being forced to hug their elders. That to me is personally grotesque. And I think that teaching children about how great hugging is when it's something you want to do is awesome. Then we're going to get a world of Natalie's. But it should never be forced on anyone. I was always the hugger. I never had hugs forced on me because I've always been the person who was like, hey, stranger, mm-hmm. let's hug it out. I mean, you're giving me a ticket, but can I have a hug too? <laughs> I think, you know, <laughs> but he was really nice about it. And he did give me a hug because I was crying. And that officer changed my life. <laughs> I think it will surprise none of our listening audience that you are friends with Santa Claus. I am friends with Santa Claus. And he does give a mean hug. He really does. He's, he does do uh, And the kids love the high fives, but he does give some good cuddly hugs. So, yes, you mentioned um, creating a world of Natalie's. Yes. What else could we do? What, what else is on your list to help us create a world of Natalie's? Well, okay, this this is one. I have, in the last two years, I realized that a lot of my hobbies were... I, I want to say like non-tangible, like being a good friend is my hobby. You know, I have, you nailed I, that I, one. So good. I could letter in it, you know, playing with my cats is my hobby. Watching mystery science theater is my hobby. But my husband, the bridge playing marathoner, he has so many hobbies and he gets so invested in them. He gets like really wrapped up and I'm a great supporter of all of his hobbies. I never really picked one up myself. So about a year and a half ago, I decided I needed to start playing the ukulele. It just sort of hit me one day. I've never played a musical mm-hmm. instrument before. The only musical thing I've ever really done is karaoke. And 10 years ago, I decided I wanted to try out for some local community theater. And I did a few plays. And you were amazing. You know, I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot, toot. So I decided... I was going to learn how to play the ukulele. So I went out and I bought a ukulele and I started taking classes and then I started taking personal lessons and then I started going to jams and I just got so into it and I am living with the ukulele now. I love playing the ukulele. I take it with me on vacation. I'm relentless. I get so excited when I'm playing a song and someone recognizes it. It's so cool. (laughs) My, My feeling here is that you need to find an outlet that you can very quickly feel 
awesome at. Because I think a lot of people decide I'm going to learn how to play the guitar or the piano, something that legitimately takes years to ramp up to the point where you're getting enjoyment from being good at it. With the ukulele, Mm -hmm. you can be good at it in like a week. You can be enjoying yourself. The very first day I picked it up, I could play three songs and I can't read music. I'm not really musical, but you can do it so quickly. So find something that has a quick turnaround. Like instead of saying, I want to write a novel, just sit down and write a little vignette of your life. Just get something out there so you can say, oh, I can do that. I can succeed Mm -hmm. at that. I think people tend to go really big instead of realizing that good enough is totally good enough. Well, and take it in phases. Yes, absolutely. You know, you didn't you didn't go to a jam your first day. No. I mean, if there was a lot of good huggers there, I might have, but <laughs> that's true. Natalie would. And it turns, Natalie would do it. It turns out there's a big crossover between uke players and huggers, which is great. Oh, for yeah. Me. But I think find something that you can feel excited and passionate about without having to invest years of your life feeling like you're failing or you're not good enough so that it's not something you look forward to. So it's like a kid being forced to take piano lessons where if it's something Mm -hmm. where like, oh, I'm going to do a Bob Ross painting. Doesn't have to be good. Doesn't have to look like happy little trees. It can look like, uh, you know, little twigs, but it's just something you're doing so that you feel like you're contributing something to your own well-being. I just think for me, making music for myself and, and for my mm-hmm. captive audience of cats, yes. um, it's it's really been so eye-opening. And I finally understand what this hobby thing is all about. It took me 40, 45 <laughs> years, but I finally get it. Having a hobby rocks. I love it. Now, you, you mentioned Brian, who our audience knows well, and his various... Passions. Yes. Bridge, long distance, running, yes. orchids, antique paper Daily dolls. hybridizing. Many, many things. Now, we could have an entire episode dedicated to your marriage and, and your feelings about oh my your God. marriage. Oh, my God. ever. I've, but yeah. We could. But let's let's just talk as it relates to how you, how you all have that balance and kind of navigate having many interests that are very different from each other. Yes. But a really beautiful coexistence. What, what are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts are that we have so, okay, now, now here we're going to get into kind of a sticky widget and I'm going to go, I'm going to go on a limb here. Something that brings me so much joy and has been shown, I believe there's evidence that my personal life choice to be child free has huge impacts for the environment. And, oh, wait a sideways into that. I, Nice work. <laughs> this is not my first rodeo. So, no, it's not. It's also not your first set of homemade bumper stickers <laughs> about being child free. I do have a collection if you want to see them. So, I think that our marriage is built on a relationship of two people. And I never wanted kids. He never wanted kids. And there has never been any jockeying for each other's attention because we're just constantly shining a light on each other. Not having kids has given us both enormous room to pursue our personal interests 
and to come together as a couple that genuinely finds each other really funny. Like, I just think he's so freaking funny. And no one ever interrupts that flow that we have together. So I think our choice to be child-free is a huge part of what makes my life so simple and happy. And another big thing is that we have an incredible division of labor in our relationship, emotionally, um, physically, logistically. We don't put each other in roles of you have to do this and you have to do this. We're not fighting to see who is the one who has to fold the laundry today because we're both equal partners. Not having children has allowed us to be equal partners That has gone a long way, besides the fact that we both just really like each other a lot. Like, we really enjoy each other's company, and spending time together is kind of my favorite thing to do. Yeah, my God, we have a good marriage. It's just disgusting. I was just telling someone the other day. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine you were. Just a general person. Like, oh my God, how many times a week do I just squeeze my husband and say, I'm so freaking lucky to have you? Because this much energy, Aislinn, I know you know. I'm I'm a ball that cannot be contained in a court. And he is so, I mean. I mean, he's the court. He is. He is the court. He totally is. And I love being in his court. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, we're a good, we're a good match that way. And I will tell you this though. If his hobby was like me having to watch him play softball, I don't know if I'd be that down with that hobby. His hobby is like long sure. distance running. Go to town. I'll be here long distance Netflixing. great well wonderful you know you've unlocked many secrets for us and that your amazing marriage is a is a great place to end but if you had um something else you wanted to make sure to tell our audience what would be do you have one that we're forgetting or you don't want to leave out i just want to circle back to the hugging for one second please please I want to say that that when when I'm talking about hugging mm-hmm. and not giving hugs to people that are not receptive or not being emotionally the way I am, that I want to include people in my heart when I meet them. I want people to be invited into me because I feel like I better when I'm with people. I'm I'm at my best when I'm able to give people parts of myself. And I, I don't get depleted like a lot of people. I have a lot to give. But mm-hmm. I feel like the flip side of me giving endless hugs is that you have to have very strong boundaries and you have to maintain. That's an excellent point, Natalie, because that is another strength of yours and something I have learned so much about through my friendship with you. It's so vital to think about this. Take some time. Really think what am I not willing to tolerate in this world? What makes me uncomfortable? What are people doing, saying, acting as that is not making me feel safe and protected and whole? Because as much as I want to give things, people need to be able to say, no, 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 that door is closed. I don't want a fist bump. I don't want to talk to you. 
I want to go to my little quiet place and not be part of this nonsense. And people having good, strong boundaries of what they do and do not want or like or receive or give is vital for everybody. And as much as I want to hug each and every person who's listening right now, if you don't want me to, I promise I'm closing my arms right now (laughs) because I am 100% behind good boundaries. I do not let other people come into my world that I don't want Mm -hmm. and I shut that down. (laughs) So I just, I just need that to be the flip side of the happy, happy hugging is also happy, happy if you don't want the hugging because I'm mad respect for boundaries. Absolutely. And again, I have, I am a person who has learned a lot in the field, Mm -hmm. if you will, about their boundaries. I've learned a lot looking over my shoulder and saying, oh yeah, that's where that was. (laughs) And I did a lot of that work in my twenties with Natalie (laughs) and her saying, that's ridiculous. Why? How did that happen? I don't know. It just did. And so I, yeah, I think that's a great balancing point. I would also add Uh, just in observation of you, it kind of fits in with these things. You do have what seems, you know, boundless energy and, and you, you do give so much to people. You are also so protective of your time and your space. And I mean that as a compliment when you're out in the world, giving that energy, you are giving it a hundred percent because you know what area is carved out just for you or just Mm -hmm. for your private life. I think that goes along with the boundaries that that is something that I've learned so much watching you carve out kind of what is what is just yours and what is to share. Well, as someone who has ended just about every party I've ever thrown by saying, okay, everybody, it's time for you to leave now when I'm tired. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> that is the way a Natalie party ends. You know, you are a leader of people. And sometimes you have to lead the people out the door. That's so true. So true. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Natalie, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdoms with us. Well, thank you. I have so enjoyed listening to all of these episodes, and they have really brought me a lot of insight. And boy, I'm just so appreciative that you brought all these great people together. Good, Good thoughts, good minds. Well, thanks so much. And thanks to all our guests. Again, um, thank you to the Cater Club Podcast Network for letting us play a little bit. Oh, did you did you did you mention that the Cage Club Network is also hosting the amazing podcast The Contenders where you talk about kick-ass women in movies behind and in front of the camera with your brother because that is one of my favorite podcasts. Well, thank you, Natalie, so much for mentioning that. Yes, The Contenders is also on the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can find all their great shows at cageclub.me or find them on Twitter at cageclubpod. Natalie, would you like to be found anywhere if folks want to talk to you more about hugs or boundaries? I don't know. I think or cats. I think I'm on Twitter. It seems like I'm on Twitter. Am I on Twitter? I, I, so I can yeah. link, I we can yeah, link you that to this. because I think go to Twitter. I promise if if anybody new follows me on Twitter, I will start posting more. <laughs> right now I'm just Excellent. posting for you and my husband, so that'll be great. Well, you can add some of the cat <laughs> stuff there to Twitter. <laughs> Check my Twitter at sassynerdmt for information about Natalie's Twitter, which we don't <laughs> quite have a handle on. <laughs> wink wink right this second. We're professionals. 
thank you again, everyone, for listening. I so appreciate it. Um, what Another thank you to all of my guests for taking the time and sharing with us all. I hope that this show has been entertaining and maybe a little thought-provoking and hopefully made the world a slightly better place. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Natalie. Yay! And that's all from Why Aren't We All? 